0: Well, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Something is echoing, I don't know what it is. Is this mic echo? Josh? That's all right. Uh, it's something. So I've, I went back and forth on a couple different things. I've, I've, I've this, we're gonna do another video study and it's uh, Francis Cham and, I, and I, I went through a couple, I sifted through a couple different things and this one, This one seemed the most impactful Uh, just, I, I got excited as I kind of read the summary of it and it, um, it has to do with the heart of God. And it says that the heart of God is holy. Week one is holy. The heart of God is merciful. The heart of God is gracious. The heart of God is loving. The heart of God is just, and the heart of God is faithful. And, um, I don't know. I think, I think through this, we're going to be able to, to learn and understand more. We're going to think more deeply about who God is and um, how he loves us and how he is holy, how he's set apart and how he's merciful and how he's gracious and maybe maybe calls us to think of God uh, in a deeper way. Uh, I know I'm guilty. This first lesson kind of talks about uh, how... How... Uh, First lesson talks about how we sometimes don't have enough reverence for God and who he is. We kind of treat him like a we just kind of treat him like another person, which at times is is, is a good thing when you're when you when you're praying and when you're communicating. But it just talks about uh, reverence and 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 reverent fear, really, of uh, how set apart God really is. So uh, I just want to pray for us, and we'll go ahead and, and we'll watch the we'll watch the video and get started. Heavenly Father, I, I hope and pray that this, this lesson and this session, uh, these sessions for the next couple of weeks, teach us to see God in a new light and uh, just deepen our faith and deepen our connection and commitment to God. and. Open us up in a way that uh, maybe we haven't been open in the last uh, days or weeks or years. And uh, I just pray that this is a fruitful time. And I pray that if people have questions throughout this, that we ask questions, even if they're challenging and tough, because God calls us to holiness. And uh, that's what he desires, authentic, authentic interaction. and. Um, an authentic desire to be made holy. So just allow us to be holy uh, in this room and uh, just give us a great desire for you and to understand you better. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the, the little heading here before we watch the video said, It says, It is not uncommon for us to assume that we know what God is like. Sometimes our assumptions are driven by our feelings and sometimes by what others say about Him. But how can we really know who God is and what He's like? And in this study, uh, The Heart of God, Francis Chan will help us better understand who God is and what He's like by looking at what God says about Himself in the Bible. Go ahead, Josh, please. Francis Chan had a... Pause that for a second. Does anybody know Francis Chan at all? Yeah. He had this great big mega church in San Francisco or somewhere in California, and he looked up one day, and he realized that uh, everybody was kind of following Francis Chan and not following Jesus. That was his perception anyways, and he just walked away. He prayerfully walked away from that church and scaled way, 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 way back, and he's still like a famous sort of guy in the Christian world, but... uh, I think that's a very respectable thing. I just want to share that before before we watch this. Go ahead, Doc.
1: Doing this series on the heart of God. Because if you really believe that you have a creator.
0: Pause that, Josh. Can you all hear that? It's
2: a little low.
0: Here, Turn it up just a little bit, please.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> What'd you say? I I
1: can hear Oh, okay. mm-hmm. all right. Go ahead, sorry. Think about that, if you believe you have a creator, what could possibly be more important than knowing what he is like? I mean, is there anything in your life that could possibly compare to knowing about the one who made you? And and all of us have ideas of what God is like, but in this series, We're going to try to wipe away the ideas that we've come up with in our own mind or our own heart because there's a passage in scripture when God is speaking to Moses and God actually tells Moses, this is what I'm like. But I want to give you some context into this passage we're going to look at because the passage we're going to look at for the next six weeks has to do with moses asking god for something and the passage really is an answer to that prayer so you have to understand exodus chapter 33 in exodus 33 it says that moses is speaking to the lord and in verse 13 he says now therefore If I found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will go with you. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how will it be made known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. Okay, so this this passage is Moses just begging God, God, can I just know what you're like? Can I, I, I need to know your ways. I need to know what you're like because I want to find favor. I want to know the things that please you. And and then he, he tells him, look, and if you don't go with us, I don't care about going to a promised land. I care about your presence. And so if you're present, if you're not going to come with me, I don't want to go. And then God says, okay, I'll go with you. And then he says, well, then Can can I see you? Can I see your glory? And God says, look, I will tell you about myself. I'm going to visit you. But you can't see my face. Because no man can see my face and live. So we're going to spend time learning about what God says to Moses. But for this week, I want you to focus on the fact that God said, no man can see me. And live this is the God we are studying I don't want it to think that God is somehow just like a bigger version of us and the way people talk so casually about him the Bible says that he is holy that means he's set apart That means he's different he is a being that we can't even look at right now as human beings and survive that don't know what you have in your mind when you think about what god is like but this is such an important thing we must have an accurate view of him and it can't come from just what anyone says we have to look at his word now i want to take you to exodus chapter 19 because there's a passage that describes the holiness the 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 awesome privilege of coming before a holy god in chapter 19 moses has this encounter with god exodus 19 verse 16 says on the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all of the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and there they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And so the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. Okay, picture that. This is Moses, there's a mountain and you see God descend on the mountain in a fire. And so there's just this raging smoke going up from the mountain this trumpet is blasting and the people are trembling and god calls to moses see everyone else had to stay away because they couldn't even touch the mountain or they would die god was just speaking to moses and moses was going up to this mountain into this fire and he meets with god think about how terrible Would be if you watched a human being walk into that and meet with his creator a holy god that's why when you get to exodus 33 moses he's already been with god to some degree he's already seen some of his glory and now he's saying you're talking about me going to a promised land i i i want to go but i'm not going unless you go with me see moses experienced god he understood this is all i really care about anymore you can see why he was obsessed with knowing him you can see why he says i just want to know your ways i just want to please you so as we start this series i gotta ask where is your heart right now? Like seriously, uh, how does this rate compared to the other things in your life? This can't just be, oh, I'd like to know a little bit more about God. It's got to be a thing where you understand that you're about to learn about what your creator is like. And hopefully you become consumed with knowing him and understanding what his heart is towards
0: you. Alrighty. The first question or the first response was, or the first note is, Francis opened the session discussing how important it is to recognize that we have a creator. Now, this question is going to require honesty (laughs) if you're going to answer it. And remember, we want to be authentic in our answers. Do you ever struggle to believe that there is a God? If so, how do you respond to those doubts? Do you ever struggle to believe that there is a God? If so, how do you respond to those doubts?
3: Just like in nature. like outside, all the trees, everything. Some, somebody, or God, had created. I don't believe that it just happened mm-hmm. accidentally. In the seasons, all changes. <laughs> I
4: don't think I really doubt God. I think I more so doubt my relationship with God during those times.
0: We'll get to that in the next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i mean i've in the past before i was saved i i struggled with that but uh yeah i'm the same way I, i i have i have plenty of doubts like what what the heck am i doing is what i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing things like that uh but i don't doubt that god is real currently in this season of life i'm not saying that there won't be a time where that happens you know uh again, because there has been this season in my life where I, I didn't believe. So, you know, I, I hopefully I don't waver in my faith. Like we, we see, but we see that happen. Uh, but ho- hopefully we don't lose the belief. Uh, but I think we'll always struggle with uh, with your statement. So the next question is, does anybody else have anything to share about that before we move on?
5: We'll see it tries to get in and make
3: you think
5: about things like that. Yeah. Just, just look around and- a whole lot of people, a whole lot smarter than I am.
3: Yeah.
5: I also think there's a point in time that, as Christians, if we say we believe, and then we have to believe with emphasis. In other words, it's all or nothing. Do we believe or do we believe? And I think, you know, growing as a Christian and through all the other struggles at some point, it became obvious to say, I'm going to believe with my whole heart. And God says not to worry you know, the things that he tells us to do,
0: we need to believe it. With, like saying with emphasis. Yeah, I think it's easy to believe in God as an easy thing to do. and Follow him is a totally different story. Right, but I mean,
5: once you make up your mind that you're believing, how much doubt do you leave? You know, mm-hmm.
0: Joy I see the wheels I can hear the wheels I, know, but like, I, can, I can hear them cranking over there yeah <laughs>
6: alright
0: the next question is even if we don't struggle to believe in God we may still struggle to know what he's really like often we rely on our own ideas about God so the question is when you think of God what do you imagine he's like that my answer would be the easiest the easiest uh, perception of God for us to imagine is Jesus because he's the visible image of the invisible God which is Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 I think. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God so as Jesus walked the earth we get to see uh, in high definition scripturally what, what God is like.
4: So when we get to heaven is God going to actually be a human or is he still just going to be spirit form?
0: I don't know. <laughs> the revelation outlines all kinds of things. I know I will be the first to authentically spirit, uh, admit.
4: Well, was always here. So I mean, is he? Is he also going to be a physical being that we see, or is it just going to be the his spirit that we were able to that we'll be able to see?
0: You will find Amen. out Amen. when you meet him face to face. I mean, our our risen body will
3: be. In the
2: image
0: of God, you know, whatever that is, <laughs> I think we'll see Him. I don't doubt that. I we'll see Jesus. Yeah. But as the as the Trinity, I don't know what all. I don't know what that will look like. How would I know what that? How would any of us know? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to dig into Revelation, but it talks about. It talks about um, John's vision. You know what, what was revealed to him and what God looked like at that time. Uh, oh, dang it, Barb! Now I'm going to have to dive into that for next week. <laughs> You're just putting work on me. That's all right, though. I mean, but also in Genesis it says <laughs> he came down and actually walked with Adam and Eve. But was that
4: his spirit, or was it his actual physical being? No question. Yeah. Thank you. In the image of Buddy Rogers, put him out there,
3: could They see his face. I'm I don't know. But I don't think we'll
6: care.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, in Revelation, it says that the angels would just say "holy, holy, holy" over and over and over. I mean, I think that's. I've, I. It's hard to imagine that existence when a lot of times this earthly existence is so awful, then that one's gonna be spectacular, you know, it's hard to actually imagine that. Like no sin, no shame, no suffering, no none of that. No all of that is gone. You know, that sounds that sounds amazing. So that, his question is one to set make us think on what
4: he's actually what we think he's gonna look like and be like when we get there.
1: I always think of
5: basically like the cartoon people draw when they thought God big, long white beard. Never saw face, but mm-hmm. in
4: the paper. <laughs> yeah. A few weeks ago, we missed church, and so we were watching it. I told the ladies at Bible study this, and I, I got, I turned it on, and
0: we said it there. We were sitting there, and at the table and the first thing that came on was
4: TJ and he's up here giving the announcements and Tate, this is my littlest one. He says, Look, there's God. I see him. There he is. So apparently
0: he looks like DJ. Well that is a that's a good point. If if we're created in his image, you would imagine that that he would it's he's gonna be in human form. I mean he's gonna that's so funny. There
4: he is. I see him, there's God (laughs)
0: so god responds to moses's prayer by saying i will do this very thing i'll do oh my gosh i cannot read i need to go to school to learn how to read again i will do this very thing you have asked for you have found favor with me and i know you by name and that's from exodus 33 17 In other words, God is granting Moses' request because he wants Moses to know him. We don't have to earn God's attention or love. He is nearby and wants you to know him. What do you think God thinks of you? Do you think he wants to know you?
4: He's got a sense of humor.
0: What do you think God thinks of you? Do you think God is pleased with you?
5: Try this
2: patient, he knows I'm a work in progress.
3: I think,
0: with if we've chosen to follow him, he, he knows that we're not
6: perfect. Uh,
0: the word says that you know we're made holy over time, so holiness he hasn't, and our sin has been forgiven, you know. so uh, I think we sometimes don't dwell on that enough that our sin has been paid for it's a it's an elementary foundation of the faith that we'd sometimes just me for instance i i will i will bathe in the sulking of my sin instead of uh you know i don't i don't know how to explain it instead of knowing I, i'm forgiven i'm until i die and meet jesus face to face i'm gonna suffer these trials and troubles and I'm still going to sin but as time goes on I'm going to attempt to sin no more and God loves me I, I don't think I think enough about how God loves me and us and, and how he's for us and how we seek. We need to seek to honor him and every and glorify him in everything we do and even though we sin you know do your best to sin no more it sounds so easy you know like when you think about um you know Jesus tells people to you know there's what does he say to the woman where they were going to stone her for the adultery she's caught in, in adultery and she's, he just simply says go on and sin no more I don't condemn you sin no more and it sounds so simple when you read it but it's so hard practically to, to lay all that stuff all your nastiness down and just walk away from it I look
4: at it as in a parental earthly form you know as a parent you know do i love what my kids may say and do at times when they were little even when i was adult no but that doesn't change my unconditional love for them so a lot of times i have to stop and stop and look at it in that perspective that he doesn't like what i may say or do at times but he still loves me for me and
3: the bottom line is that he loves it so much that he made his own son down on the cross for our sins. We were asking if he was pleased with us. He does tell us Peter more than once,
5: giving out diligence, you have to listen up for him to it. Mm-hmm. And He does tell us to study to show us fruit. When Jesus said, Don't sin no more, he's saying, Don't be perfect, or he's just saying, Stay
0: out of that lifestyle. What do
3: you
6: think?
3: Don't live in that city. Because Jesus knew that the person is going to sin again. Maybe not that way, but none of us lives a perfect life.
4: Spirit's willing,
0: but the flesh is weak. What a wretched man I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Just like he says to Moses, God also knows you by name, and he wants to know, and he wants you to know him too. Question is: In what ways does it encourage you to realize that God knows you by name? What might change in your life if you trusted that God wants to know you? I think for us to be well known, I think I think God's desire, I was talking to somebody today about some discipleship ideas and, and things, and um, I think if we want to be well known by God, God knows everything about us, but I think we should, I think our faith, our, our walk should be authentic in that uh we should be confessing our sin to others like i don't need to tell all of you all right now all of the things that go on in my mind that's not what i mean but we should be we should be partnering we should be in discipleship relationships with people where we are able to talk about how wretched we are in a trusted relationship because uh if you hold all that stuff in God doesn't want you to hold that stuff in he tells us to confess our sin especially if our sin affects one another we don't need to keep that in and it needs to be confessed uh, but that bit, being able to authentically uh, and honestly tell other people things in confidence in a healthy way is a healthy thing for your faith and um, so the question is what might change in your life if you trusted that God wants to know you. He already knows all the things, but uh, we're on this earth for a while and we need help from each other too, you know, so I think that's part of it, part of our faith that we might not take so seriously is confession of sin and being honest about it. And I think when you when you do get that out, it's such a relief and then and, and then you feel the peace that God promises and, and offers to us in a way that uh, you don't feel if you just hold it all in. But don't, I've made the mistake before of telling too many people too many things. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not, not enjoyable. Any thoughts? Anybody?
4: Well, I, just, I just know that the women's prayer group here at church, um, and I'm glad I got started back up again, but I know like years back when I found out I was pregnant with Brooke, I was having a hard time dealing with that and it was, you know, I finally told the women there at the women's prayer group that evening um, and just by sharing that with them um, and getting that burden off, it really helped, you know, instead of me thinking that they were going to be condemning me, you know, they, they loved me through that and helped me through that process. I came across something this week
2: that was funny about, I thought it was, it was eye-opening because it came from two different sources that they're... Totally unrelated, but it was talking about trusting in God's goodness and God's making us good through Him instead of trusting in our inner human goodness to just not mess up. Just mm-hmm. follow all the rules. It's not it's different. And I never really thought about it in that way. But I thought it was neat that I can't it came from true
0: In 1st or 2nd Timothy, it says, you know, it, it outlines an elder, eldership, or pastoral uh, guidelines, or um, what mold a man should fit to be a pastor or an elder, and it says, be above reproach, and when I read that, I think, I read it in my mind as, uh, be perfect, be without sin. That's how I read it, and that's that's not right, and it's taken me a long time to understand. Um that, and I don't know that I still have a great big grasp on it, but uh, I think I think what it means is confess your sin to others, so that when somebody confronts you and says, um, you know, I'll just make up a scenario. Let's say somebody hears me say some foul mouthed joke, okay, and somebody. And I, and I realize it in my own heart. Maybe Heather says, you shouldn't have said what you said back there. And then I really analyze my heart in the situation. And I genuinely confess. Maybe I told it to Dale. I tell the sin to Dale. Or I tell the joke to Dale. And, you know, of course, he would laugh at the joke because that's how yeah. he does. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, but Heather would maybe say, um, you know that that was not a necessary thing to do, and and then I would go to Dale and say, Dale, I the thing I said the other day was wretched, and I, you know, we laughed about it. We shouldn't have. I'm sorry that I brought my dirtiness to you. Uh, and then I and then I would also take that sin to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I don't have enough self control to uh, to analyze what comes out of my mouth before I say it. At this point, you know, please forgive me. At this point. I've confessed my sin to Dale. Heather, I, Heather has approached me with a sin. I've confessed to Dale. I've apologized. I've repented to him. I've repented to God. Now, if Carolyn comes to me and say, "You're, you're dirty for telling that joke," I, I already, I, I've repented of that sin, you know, and I'm going to attempt to sin no more. Therefore, that makes me, I'm above reproach because if the confession is genuine and and really uh in tune with spirit what carolyn says at that point not that it doesn't matter it does matter but i think that's my the best understanding i have of above reproach does anybody have anything to offer on that those comments i
2: always thought i always took it like if you're above reproach you're putting your you're you're kind of making a safety guard For yourself, so that you don't be—you're not put in situations where people question your actions. You know, you're not—I guess like the Billy Graham scenario was—you know—he didn't put himself in certain situations so that Mm his actions weren't questioned.
0: Yeah, I think that is also an an aspect of it. Like I don't need to, yes. I'm not going to give examples but yes i know what you're saying i agree with what you're
6: saying
2: i like as a a teacher um, while teaching the public schools there were certain things that you did like you know a student came into my room i left the door open and 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 made sure that i stood within sight of the hallway you know Mm -hmm. just
0: be seen as blameless sort of yeah
2: just make sure that you know you're you're not putting yourself in a situation where your
6: motives that actions are
0: going to be questioned. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got hung up on that for a second. Moses took his prayer one step further, asking to see God's glory, but God refused. You cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. He said to Moses, oh my gosh, he said to Moses, God refused because Moses didn't know what he was asking for. Moses wanted to see God, but did not realize that it would mean his death. Sometimes God does not give us what we ask for because it would hurt us. So the question is, what kinds of what kinds of prayer requests could hurt us in ways we don't expect? What kind of prayer request could hurt us in ways we don't expect?
2: I mean, how many people like praying to win the lottery? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're
4: issues that happen to people after they win, so. Yeah. I used to pray for patience. I heard you shouldn't really pray for patience. Now I get tested every bit of patience. I uh, Pray for wisdom, especially with kids. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom, that's what it should have been,
0: not patience. <laughs> I think you should definitely still pray for patience. That would be like sort of superstitious to say, I don't want to pray for patience because then God's going to test you. He's going to test you. I mean, you can be tested anyways. If it's a good, if you need patience, pray for patience. I understand what you're saying. though. Mm-hmm. I think about relationships or or. Uh, <coughs> or jobs or things like this. You know, I think our prayer our prayers in most things should should look something like, Lord, please make it clear to me as I'm seeking direction in this thing. Just give me clarity in this. I want to do what glorifies you the most and not what I want. I want to, I want to do what you want me to do instead of saying God, please give me this job. I really want this job. This is a job I really want. I wanted it so bad. I've been working so hard. I've done this. I've done that that's a totally different and then God says oh you want that job good here, here it is and then, and then it might train wreck your life you know take all your focus away from him take all your time away from your family but all your you, all of a sudden with this job that you want so bad you're making loads and loads of money and all of a sudden money becomes your God and, and your prayer was God give me this job instead of God give me clarity for what you want me to do in my life you, all your focus, sometimes we just focus on uh, things that aren't honoring to God, and I think sometimes He probably does allow us if that's your prayer, then He might open that door right up for you and let you walk right in it, you know. Thoughts about that? Y'all are quiet tonight. We're going to have to start serving coffee. It's out. too many
4: yeah. prayers, so I just keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
5: A lot of times, the Paul, he would have an idea of a mission place he was going. And, you know, sometimes God said, no, good, here. And uh, sometimes things we want may not be what God had planned for. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. I was sitting in this church building today and I was, <clears throat> I, I was going through, I'm just now hashing through this in my mind, but I was, I was, I hadn't picked out what study we were doing until about 5.45 tonight. And at about two o'clock, I was watching the first session of this other one um, and the electricity went <clears throat> shut all the way off and my I had no phone service and I thought. Actually, what I said was, well, I guess God wants me to go take a nap now. <laughs> 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 but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that wasn't the. And I don't know that he. I don't know that. Uh, he called
4: you interesting to out because that's not
0: what he wanted you to do. Well, maybe I wasn't prayerful in that, and it, I probably wasn't prayerful enough about choosing. But when that did get shut off, I, I, you know. You know, I didn't drop to my knees and say, God, give me direction on on this, what study I should pick. But I really got more uh, intentional in my mind of thinking, which one of the, am I just picking, I, the one I was watching, I picked because it was David Platt and I really like David Platt and I trust everything most of all everything I hear from him so I thought I want to I want to study I want to see what David Platt's got right now and that in the electricity cut off and I didn't uh, I didn't even go back to that one I ended up on this one so I think God's ha- God has good things going on in this uh, in this situation in this study so let's see I'm gonna skip I've highlighted some more impactful questions let's see. This is a good one, I like this one. I put a star beside it, so I must really like it. Francis made a connection between um, two encounters that Moses had with God, saying Moses' Moses's experience on Mount Sinai informed his prayer on in Exodus 33. When, if ever, have you experienced the presence of God whether it was at an event like a camp or a retreat or a quiet time uh, or quiet prayer in your room how could you describe that experience so the question is when have you felt God's presence in a way that uh, that was quite radical is the way I would ask it I guess I
3: think the whole church with oh. all how she recovered. Mm hmm. Sort of got everybody's attention. Yeah.
0: I wasn't here for that, but I can imagine that was a powerful thing. I mean, the
3: doctor did was unplug her. And hmm. Just turned out like a dick. Mm hmm. To realize God has their right life words on an outcome. Yeah.
5: I think when my mom died, <coughs> there was, uh, as hard as it was, but there was definitely peace Because she wasn't talking, we didn't want to <coughs> And it was just, there the whole train of events, the last accident was got there, she said, I love you, kids, and that was it. It was everybody who made it, and there
6: was just peace about
0: that. Yeah, I felt extreme amounts of peace in a situation before that, uh, that only would have come from, from God. And then there's 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 smaller bits of things that happen, and sometimes I, you know, I think God gave us emotions for for a purpose. Just just like last night, we were at that at that revival situation. Um, you know, I didn't feel a great big move of God in that in that place, but I felt in myself. We were singing this song, and it, and it said, um, I can't remember the lyrics exactly, but the, it said. Uh, yet not I, but Christ in me, and it, it just uh, it just made me reflect on like how far God's brought me from death to life, and just to reflect back on um, five or six or seven years of uh, of mostly obedience to the Lord, and just to see like I think it I think it was just sort of surreal, like that church that I was at last night. Is half a mile from my old house. And I'm just thinking, like, I'm standing in this church, I'm preaching in this church that I've walked past hundreds, of thousands of times. I've driven past it. And now I'm standing in here preaching in in this church. And only God brought me to that place. You know, just the same as here, brought me here. But just to be back in your town. And I preach at the church I was raised up in, but uh just to be in that place was sort of like a surreal, surreal God moment, and then, and then the the lyrics to that song, "Yet not I, but Christ in me," was just like, "Oh, this isn't you. This is this is me in your life that placed you here." You know what I mean? It was just, a, it was like God was speaking to me through that through that song, and that's not something that I that I that's not something that happens to me a whole lot I, to hear to to. To feel God's presence through musical worship. Uh, doesn't happen to me a whole, whole lot. When it does, it's. I thought I was going to start crying. I'm not against crying, but I also I don't cry un- often enough to know how I'm going to be able to stop it when it starts. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Lord, I feel your presence, but I don't want to cry because then i, I got to get up here and talk for 40 minutes. I want to get up here and talk for 40 minutes, and I don't want to be a blubbery mess when it happens. So I was like, <laughs> I was trying to stay in tune because I was I was feeling God's presence in that, but I was like, okay,
6: <laughs> okay,
0: uh.
3: you got my attention.
0: Yeah, maybe I should have cried. Maybe I could have just stood at the pulpit and wept for 10 minutes and that (laughs) would have had a big impact I don't know but I didn't I didn't feel like that was where he was leading me so I I fought the tears back but yeah it was
4: it made an impact on the second time when I was listening to it last
0: night so say again
4: I said it made an it made an an additional impact on me the second time I heard it last
0: night The the lesson (laughs) yeah (laughs) I forgot the question now. What's the question?
1: It's got kind of to start beside it. When? Yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> when? Uh, when have you felt experienced the presence of God? I like the question. We might just lay in this one for a
1: little while.
4: I think I felt God's presence a great deal. um,
2: she was only really fifteen, and I don't think that without God's
4: presence in my life that I could have got through that. And I think that God gave me peace about that. So I feel like he was definitely And then again four years ago, well almost four years ago, when I had cancer, you know, didn't think I was gonna make it, um, and he gave me a piece. Gave me a piece
0: about so. that. I might be taking this verse out of context a bit, and not, that's not my intention. But when you think about, the, there's joy in suffering. I think that verse is really talking about Christian persecution. But when we go through bad things, and we feel God's presence. Sometimes the bad things will go through are our own fault, but uh, we feel God's presence in in ways that we wouldn't maybe have felt had the experience not been so traumatic. Like feeling peace in a, in a situation where you shouldn't feel peace. And sometimes I think maybe God, and I'm sure of this, maybe God has a plan in all things, so it's like, I've got to bring you to your knees for you to really feel and understand my love and grace and all these things. So there is joy in suffering, I think. Um, Even if that verse is aimed at Christian persecution, like when you understand that that God's got you, you, you can get through the hard things.
3: And sometimes something can happen. When it happens, you don't think too much about it, but later you get thinking about it. So like God's hand to be in
6: mm-hmm.
5: the says something like, "We, we don't see His hand, just His heart."
0: Yeah, and that's the whole purpose of this study is, you know, to understand better God's heart. It says, "The heart of God is holy and merciful and gracious and loving and just and faithful." But just number five, week five, just that's going to be an interesting one. It's something we don't probably dive into too too much. But um, how have these experiences, like how the, the when you in moments when you feel the presence of God, the question that's written down is that in what ways has have these experiences shaped your prayers? Um, but I'll I'll rephrase the question: How have these times when you felt God's presence? Uh, reshaped or or shaped your walk with Christ. How is it? So, so when you when you go through times where you feel deep presence uh like last night for me just feeling that just just reflecting back on um you know the whole point if y'all listen while well, you heard it here Sunday we you go from death to life when you're dead you're dead and then and then you're saved and you have new life but you you still don't have much maturity i mean almost no maturity at that point you have it takes time for you to grow with the lord and then when you're able to look back five or ten or fifteen years and you think oh my goodness you have brought me so far you know and uh it's exciting especially when you feel his presence in the moment uh and you just, it just gives you a different it gives me a different confidence uh because like last night, I'm sitting in a room with people that I've known for a long time. And I felt like a lot of them were there just because I was there, not because they were really seeking the Lord. They're just wanting to, to see Tink speak, which is a fine thing. But uh, it's just a weird thing in my mind. I know God can use it for His glory, and, I, and, and that's awesome. But uh, yeah, that's just... He, I think he gave me that bit of uh, presence just just to give me confidence to carry on, you know. So that was nice. That was good. I was happy for that. So I, get, I guess to answer the question or to kind of guide the answer to your question, these these moments should be huge. They should be milestones in your faith. So, you know, we all, our faith looks like this a lot of times, but those times that we share should be like high points. Like I felt God's presence uh, during this time at this place. um, And you don't forget those times. So it should, it should increase your faith. It should strengthen your walk and give you endurance when things, you know, I remember, like as you reflect back, like say you're going through a bad time. Well, I remember God carried me through that last bad time. So I, I have confidence and faith that he's going to do it again. These things, these moments of presence, should increase our faith.
4: Well, I know if I've been, when the kids were little, it was a night after they, I had put them all, all three of in bed and it was just, I was that. I was at the end of my room and I just remember leaning up against the wall and just sliding it down and just like, totally let it all out and just sat there and sobbed and sobbed and, and, and you know, and I just, to I can't do it, you know? you have to you know help me through, help me help me raise these kids um and just and they're not I mean it was kind of good solid ten minutes i just like melted into the wall and just saw them. and it just and at that point i just remember you know my relationship with him strengthened as being a single parent with three kids and And from that point on, I could see there he was, my relationship with him was stronger. Um, The relationship, my kids were starting to have with him. You know, they were becoming stronger. I was more diligent in praying with them every night when they went to bed. Um, And they were were growing in their relationship. And it just made a whole difference when I totally and completely turned single parenting over to him.
0: Anybody else have anything to share? The last question that I have highlighted here says, Francis closed by challenging us to earnestly seek what God is like and what his heart is toward us to be consumed with knowing him. So the question would be, what could it look like for you to be consumed with knowing God's heart toward you? How can you challenge one another as a group to earnestly seek God through this series? How can we challenge each other to earnestly seek God and to seek a better understanding of God and to, to seek to to feel His presence uh, in our lives? Um, that, that's kind of going back to that one question: How can our how can our prayers, you know? And I'm I'm getting ready to do what I told you not to do, Joy, but. Um, i can't remember the question but was how can sometimes our prayers uh what kind of prayer requests could hurt us in ways we don't expect and you think about the times that you feel god's presence are sometimes really dark times you know god let me feel your presence well and then you think about you know bob just said we felt god's presence when ann was borderline dead you know uh that's a scary thing to think about we 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 learn more about God because of a terrible thing that happened to Anne. Uh, I don't really know how to analyze that much further than As that. We
4: put our more dependency upon on God. We depend more upon God, and we're more apt to open ourselves up wholeheartedly to Him and seeking Him and what His will is instead of doing it on our own. Because we know at that point we can't do it on a human perspective, only God Himself could intervene and once you know if it's a a situation like that that's when you totally and completely during that time take yourself out of it and depend upon
5: him. I think John was open about that too because he was praying for God's will you know our will would be to return back to life and he was very open about staying with God's will no matter what the outcome was, as hard as it was uh, and i think that was another reason it was
3: such a miracle well i'd
0: say we should um spend a spend a few minutes the next couple of minutes uh praying out loud uh just open up the room to pray out loud in ways uh just this prayer time needs to be or I, my desire for it is to is to be uh spiritual prayers like god uh allows for the next six weeks to understand you more, explain to us what you want us to know about your heart, about your heart, and who you are, and and how we should feel about you, and and and, and all these things. I'm just gonna. Does anybody want to start in that, and then we can just when it sort of dies out, I'll close us out. <laughs> if that's all right,
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you day the time we come together to study the word kind of and I just pray as a church that we would all uh, just, uh, strive to to uh, better
5: understand you, better uh, have a better relationship with you and
3: to just to totally focus on what a wonderful and mighty God is your so you help us to grow as a church. Be closer to you. All this I ask in Jesus'
4: name. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this um, blessing that you have prepared for us. Lord, we um, wholeheartedly invite your presence and your spirit here into the sanctuary um, as we're studying um, your word and studying um, what it is to truly know your heart and seek your heart um, in our lives um, and we all have our um, individualness that in areas that we need to focus on and need to grow in and just reveal that to each and every one of us um, help us to come alongside those that we may see that needs the encouragement Allow um, us to be um, a stepping stone for them to um, reach that next step in their relationship with you more just um when we feel your presence not only within our own hearts but within this uh, sanctuary in this church during this study we thank you for everything that you do for us and we ask this in jesus name
2: Lord, I ask that you give us the heart like Daniel had when he faced depression from, from the leader's rules that would keep him from worshiping you, that didn't stop him, Lord. He entered in a room and he did what was right, and he stayed faithful to you. Give us the strength, Lord, to stay faithful to you, no matter what our surroundings, no matter what the world sees us as. Let us be like Daniel we stay true to you. And, Lord, the world comes in on us like Daniel's accusers did. Let us show, let us not show fear. Instead, let us show strength and fortitude in knowing that you are always with us. You are always prepared to fight our battles when we do right in the eyes of you, Lord. And then, like Daniel, let us have peace in the lion's den. Let us not fear what the world has to offer us, but let us rest peacefully in your presence. That we know that you protect us and that you, Lord alone, will have vengeance on whatever is needed. But we just accept your peace as Daniel did in the lion's den. In his name. We ask these things.
0: Lord, I just pray that you that you flood us with um knowledge of your love and the feeling of your love over the next six weeks so that the people that choose to commit to come to this study um, are overwhelmed by and that we are able to be the church because of it Um, and, and that we're able to be confident in how much you love us and how much you care for us and how much it meant that you sent Jesus to earth to die for our sin just give us a better understanding of that than we already have we always want to increase in our faith we always want uh, to move forward in our faith and um, we want to be set apart as you are as you are holy we want to be holy and just teach us through this time together and just give us the give us the desire to really dig deep during these next uh, couple weeks and I pray these things in Jesus name Amen. amen